have your Bibles today, you can turn with me to 1 John. We'll be looking at chapter 4 together. But I saw a teaching, it was a couple weeks back, it was a man who spoke at the Washington National Cathedral, and he was talking about his depression. He was talking about the things in his life that were failures. He was talking about how life seemed hopeless at times, and and he, he spoke about all the dreams that he didn't get through and the, the lives around him that weren't going well. And, and, and where does he get his hope? Where does he get his strength? Where does he get his ability to get through the day as someone who struggled with depression? And he said at the end, he said this. He says, we are Lazarus and we live. And I want to talk about that today in the context of what we're talking about, the Holy Spirit, is how you know. Because in this world where we look around, and I don't know about you, but I look around at the world, and it seems like things are getting worse. There's more immorality. There's, there's a fracture of our civil discourse. There's identity politics going on. There's, you look around, and things just don't seem very settled. And I don't know about you, but I look at our body and the, the people even that I know, and this has been kind of a tough few weeks as we've seen various people with cancer or struggling with illness. or uh, it's just It happens, right? Our bodies aren't getting better. They're mostly getting worse. I say that as someone who's over the hill. <laughs> but but, but the, the hard thing is we start to take that in. We say, well, what is it? How do I hold fast to Christ? What does it mean to have hope and joy? What does it mean to have this certainty and, and assurance? And, and people start pushing in on you. And thus we have this letter from John about where our confidence is. Because into this world of fear and worry and unknown, light comes. In comes comfort into your life, believer, because you're gathered here to sing praises to Jesus. Comfort and warmth and love, not from people, from the Holy Spirit. We believe in the Holy Spirit. But I don't know if you have the right understanding of the Holy Spirit and what he's about for us. I want to make sure you see it today because the Holy Spirit is creating right here, right now, a new community. In the shadow of death, in the midst of failure, as the world closes in, the encouragement that John has for his little community, he calls them little children, you know, is that Jesus Christ has us, has them. And the way they know that is how? By the Spirit. So we call this by the Spirit. In three areas, I want to encourage you this morning. In assurance, in overcoming, in belonging. Just not as the world would press you to look inward at yourselves, to try and get assurance by looking at how well you're doing, which permeates both our culture and sometimes the church. But but by the Spirit, to trust he's at work in these three areas. The, The three areas, really, assurance is really important, and it's kind of a big word, but it means confidence, right? Do you really know your Christ's? That's confidence that you're here. It's often said to be a fruit inspector and examine yourself to see how well you're doing. But I want you to see that you have confidence, not by that, but because you confess Christ. And if you don't get this, you're going to live a life of fear. 
uncertainty because everything's tainted as you try so hard to have confidence about what's in front of you. And you'll start to use that taint as you look around to other people. And pretty soon you'll be saying things like, wow, you know, they're not living very well. I bet they're not saved. So not just assurance, but overcoming. It's a great Bible word. We will overcome. But sometimes we take that in and it's, we mean victory and we take it the same way. So I'm going to look at myself and watch myself overcome. I want you to see that the battle is won because the Holy Spirit is greater than the powers against you. If you don't get this, you'll live a life of fear. Am I overcoming? I don't feel like I am. And then belonging. That's really being a part. Even babies. <laughs> right? It's often said, look and evaluate how others are doing. And I want you to see your trust in Jesus makes us a we. Not the video game. But, but a, a little church is, is standing only on the promise of Jesus. If we don't get this, back to high school we go with little groups. Belonging to little clubs and little pieces. No, the thing that makes us us is this amazing confession that Jesus Christ has us. He is our Savior. This is the big idea. If you believe Jesus Christ has come in the flesh, this is by the Spirit. Hold fast. The battle is won. I want to show you. Let's look at 1 John. We're going to start with assurance by the Spirit. We'll start right at the end of chapter 3. So we'll go back. We looked at this verse last week. But let's pick it up here in verse 24. It says this. Whoever keeps his commandments abides in God and God in him. And by this we know that he abides in us by the spirit whom he has given us. Okay, so we, we, we come on the, the tail end of what we talked about in chapter 3 with keeping his commandments and abiding in him. And, and we know that his commandment is to believe. And out of that commandment comes love which is wonderful and and fantastic. And by trusting Jesus, I I get his rescue. But the thing I want you to focus in on is where John's going. How do we know? This I know, he says, by the Spirit. What's the Spirit? Well, it's nice. You can see in your text how they capitalize the S because they think it's the Holy Spirit, and I agree with them. He's not talking about some inner feeling. He's talking about the Holy Spirit. Absolutely critical person for you to know. Absolutely ignored, or even worse, twisted around he is all the time. So come back with me. If you take John and he's writing this letter, and here he is writing to his little children, to this little church at the end of his life. You know how you have video thing cameras and with DVRs now you can go really fast. So let's go really fast. All the way over here to the last night before Jesus Christ was going to be betrayed. And he talked to his guys. The last real lengthy talk that Jesus had with his disciples. John was there. What do you think Jesus talked about? He talked about the Holy Spirit. Look with me. Just, it's, it's just a few verses, but look. He says, he says John, in John 14, he records it. This is Jesus talking, and the, the, this upper room discourse says, I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper. To be with you forever, even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him for he dwells with you and he will be in you. 
This is Jesus talking about when he goes away and he's going to send them the Holy Spirit and he calls him the helper. That means comforter. That's the paraclete. That's the teacher. This is what he says later in the same chapter. But the helper, the Holy Spirit, who my Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. What did Jesus say? We started chapter 14. Remember, lo, I go to prepare a place for you. You see, all the ways in which Jesus says, I am the light of the world. I am the bread. I, I, I'm the door of the sheep. I'm, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. I'm the resurrection and the life. I guess, oh, I remember. Jesus is it. The next chapter. But when the helper comes, still talking about the Holy Spirit, whom I will send you from the Father, the Spirit of truth, who proceeds from the Father, he will bear witness about me. He says he will glorify me in chapter 16, for he will take what is mine and declare it to you. It's super important as we talk today about your transformation, your experience of life in Christ, that you don't think what the Holy Spirit's doing is making you into perfect little Jesus. You see what the Holy Spirit's doing? He's taking what is Jesus's and declaring it to you. What's the declaration? Jesus Christ adores you. Jesus Christ has paid for all your sin. Jesus Christ died on a cross and he rose again and and he's coming again for you. Paul echoes this too, you know. Here's an Ephesians famous massive sentence that Paul writes at the beginning of Ephesians 1 and right at the end of that sentence he says in him also in Christ when you heard the word of truth the gospel of your salvation and believed in him you were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit it's verses like this that make us as a body who hold high the word of God say that every believer has the Holy Spirit we don't go try and find more of him. We don't try and find some ecstatic speech or something else. Hey, hey, what we do is we say, everybody who knows Jesus, everybody who trusts in Jesus, you have the Holy Spirit. But Jackson, I don't feel him. It's not about feeling. It's about trusting what the word of God says. This is what it says. This is when he went to heaven, Jesus sent him to us. In Ephesians 1, it says we are sealed. The simple trust in the words of Jesus, this is faith. Not, not that the act of faith saves, but the trust that Jesus has already done it, right? The saving is what Jesus does. See the difference? Say, well, if you have really a lot of faith, then maybe you're saved. is just to make faith another work. But to say, what I'm trusting is what Jesus actually did on the cross. This is the work of the Spirit. Are you willing to receive this? Are you taking communion? Have you gone through baptism? Is this the Holy Spirit? You abide, you're a part. You say, say, but wait, 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 okay. You're kind of saying, wow, that this is how I know, how I have confidence, how I have assurance. What, what about improvement? What about great acts of measurable love? You don't do that. If you bear fruit, whose fruit is it? The fruit of the Spirit. It's the Spirit at work in you. You're going to see it in heaven. You may not even see it now. You just be. You live. You walk in trust that Jesus Christ will do what he promised. 
There's a lot of other messages out there. And yeah, you've got to have the right spirit. Look at how he goes about talking about this. As he starts chapter 4 this way, John does. He says, beloved, oh, beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God. For many false prophets have gone out into the world. False prophets, truth tellers. They say, this is the way you live. This is what you do. And many of them say, and God says this. The Bible says this. Hey, by this you know the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. And every spirit that does not confess Jesus is not from God. This is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you heard was coming and now is in the world already. So, so what we hear, right, what you hear from, the, from John's pen is that the Holy Spirit speaks of Christ, not of you, not of your improvement, not of your conviction, of Christ. The light of the world is Jesus. The love of the world is Jesus. The Redeemer and Rescuer and Deliverer is Jesus. Thousands of years ago, he came, and that one event is the event of our lives, precious, precious people, even though we've never seen him, even though we've never touched him. At the end of John, you know, where, where after Thomas touches Jesus' hands, Jesus says, well, blessed is the one who hasn't seen and believes. I think this is the work of the Spirit. This is assurance because you believe this. Do you believe this? Do you believe Jesus Christ died on the cross for your sin? This is the work of the Spirit. Have confidence. The main system against this Simple confidence by the Holy Spirit is the law, is the system of merit, is the system of the flesh. Right? That's as we read it earlier today. I'll put it on the screen again. It says, for the desires of the flesh are against the spirit. The desires of the spirit are against the flesh, for these are opposed to one another. Say the flesh, that means, means, well, the spirit, good, flesh, bad. And, and, And so just the bad things I do, I need to fight against. And the good things I do, I need to reaffirm. That's not it at all. This is how you think about how you're going to live your life. If you live your life by the Spirit, that's confessing Christ. If you live your life by the flesh, that's an all. This is John Piper says it this way. What's commonly meant by flesh, to rely on yourself instead of Christ, to refuse Jesus because you try to save yourself. And to rest in your own accomplishments rather than what Jesus has done. See how tricky that is? I'm always starting to rest on my accomplishments. I'm always starting to evaluate the things I've done. If you push people back to this and usually use the law for this, you're not confessing Christ. You're pushing people back to self-reliance with a little help from the Spirit. Say, thank you, Lord. I'm good now. And you're back into the Pharisee in Luke 18. Remember, he walked up to the temple there and they were going to give his offering. says, oh, Lord, I'm so thankful you've made me good. And he locates his righteousness in himself. I'm not like that guy over there. I've been made better by you, Lord, by you, not by me. Thanks for making me good. The other guy just beats his chest and says, oh, have mercy on me, God. Oh, I have nothing in me. I throw myself on you. And Jesus says the one who walked away justified, righteous, is the guy who was second. 
crossing himself on the mercy. And, and, and this is the idea. The Antichrist, the biggest Antichrist is the pro-flesh, pro-you. It sneaks in and around all the religions of the world. It, it shifts from Christ's work to another work, another mission, a purpose. We have some other purpose than trusting Christ. I don't care how great the purpose is, but if that's your purpose, you're missing it. You need to achieve this message goes. You need to progress. You need to advance. You need to accomplish. If you don't, you aren't his. This is the Antichrist message. The message that says it's not about entrusting what Jesus promised. Full stop. That somehow you've got to go back and do or he won't really be yours. Throw it away. But if you confess Christ... No hope before or after or through life. No hope except this body, this blood. No hope except this Savior. This is our confidence. Because we have a knowledge that it's true. How do I know? Because of this Spirit. Assurance by the Spirit. Not just assurance. It's also, I told you, overcoming. Talk with me about that for a minute. Listen here. Overcoming by the Spirit. Because he keeps going, right? Little children, he says, you are from God and have overcome them. For he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. They are from the world, therefore they speak from the world, and the world listens to them. John just writes this simple little statement to his little community of children, of simple believers. He says, you are from God, full stop. You have. Do you see the tense? It's important. You have overcome. Not not you will overcome, not you might overcome, not you should overcome, you have overcome. Right now, in your confession and trust, not in your personal sinlessness, not in your advancing, not if you make some other mark, you have overcome. What's the overcoming? You've received the Holy Spirit. How did I receive the Holy Spirit? I trust Jesus. How can this be that I overcome? Because of, he says it here, who is in you. If you're going to stand, it's because God is in you. The Spirit is in you. How is the Spirit in you? By the promise of Christ for you. And you open your eyes today. If you have, if your eyes are open, that means you have received this Spirit. He's greater than the world, John writes. He who is in the world is what? This great system of merit. Of self, of measuring. It's a language that's spoken universally, you know. The, the atheist speaks of social morality and how we need to, to make sure we, we hold harmony to good principles. The Buddhist speaks of the eightfold path that you're going to find right thinking and right doing and right. It's all what? Me. The, the Hindu speaks of your dharma. The work that you need to do to advance in your karmic cycle. You guys go, what is he talking about? Don't think it's strange. Millions of people in the world have believed this. Not a few. Not some random crazy thing. This is what millions of people in the world have bought into. This system of self-evaluation of you. Can I advance on the curve of goodness? In order that some cosmic being, or or, or just society itself, if you're atheist, that that, that we're going to get some good out of being good.
It infects some Christianity too. People simply confuse putting Christians back under that like they haven't overcome. So the messages all the time, you may have heard them. You won't hear them here. God's commands are his enablements. Regeneration requires transformation, which is really a call to try harder and improve, to prove you're his. You can't really be confident, and you certainly haven't overcome, unless you've advanced three steps up the ladder. What are you talking about? The ladder's gone. And what I have is trust in Jesus. And I have God in me because I trust Jesus. Unless you're telling me he leaves when I do something he doesn't like. That's a weird God. One day I'm in and one day I'm out. And the next day I'm in and the next day. That's not Christianity. That's not Ephesians that said we're sealed with the Spirit. Not like we're kind of given the Spirit maybe a little bit. I'm sealed. Because I confess Christ. And I have confidence. And I have overcome. So have you. If you too confess this Savior. We really are different, you know. We have overcome, not on our power, not with empowerment by the Spirit, but by the work of Christ, testified to by the Spirit. He's the comforter. He's the teacher. He takes of what is Christ and tells it to us. He did it. Jesus Christ did it. By the way, (laughs) what a terrible idea that you would overcome and not Jesus. Or that Jesus would have you have to have any hand in your overcoming. I'll tell you, if you get this, if your eyes are open to the gospel and you're in our body and this is what we do, your your Bible reading will change. (laughs) This is a fun one. I I read it again. um, I heard this a lot growing up. Maybe you did too. Talking about David and his stones. Remember David? Little David. He went there and he, he went over to fight Goliath. Have you ever heard who... Goliath, do you have in your life that you need to fight? Well, here's what you do. You get these five small stones. And one one person, this is not my slide, this is somebody else. Courage, faith, obedience, praise, and trust. How I grew up, it wasn't praise, it was something else. But, but that's okay. You get these things, and then you're prepared to go, and you will fight your Goliath. And you sling your thing. Pushing people to overcome. Go conquer your Goliath. Except except there's this competing story. Because what if you don't? What if your Goliath crushes you? Well, guess he wasn't saved. And why are you supposed to trust for a single second in your faith and, and, and courage and obedience? And tr- why, why are those the things that you're supposed to lean on? Those things from you. Because they falter. See, there's another whole way to think about this, right? There's another whole way to think about your Bible. This radical change to your whole life when you realize David points to our forever king. You realize that, right? David, this man after the Lord's Lord's own heart, the, the, the God met with him and said, I'm promising you there will be a person from your line on the throne forever. The throne of David. The forever king. I think I know his name. Do you know his name? Jesus. He was nothing to look at. He didn't look like he would go and conquer the world. 
In fact, his own people didn't, cowering under sin and death. And he came and he delivered them. He killed Goliath. He did it in the most amazing way possible. So where are we in the picture? I'm the cowering Israelites. (sighs) I need a savior. I got one. His name's Jesus. He's my David. I have overcome. How? By my Savior. Not by obedience and prayer and service, but by the blood of the Lamb. That same blood pointed to when the Passover came and the angel of death came, killing the firstborn of every family, but those that were covered in the blood of the Lamb. Their kid was safe. I know that Savior. His name is Jesus. He has opened my eyes to the wonder of this truth and his Holy Spirit testifies to me and he seals me to say, this is it, Dax. This is it, family. This is where life is. Stay trusting in Jesus. It's not only confidence. It's not only this amazing overcoming. It's also belonging. We get to belong. Slides aren't working. It's okay. Because verse 6 is not too much more. It says this, We are from God. Whoever knows God listens to us. Whoever is not from God does not listen to us. By this we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. So it's very important to see what John's doing here because he just switched. Did you see the switch? He just made this pretty amazing switch. He's been talking about, oh, this and this and this. And then all of a sudden, he uses we. He just threw them all together. We. Now it's us together. This is the community that's been formed. We are from God. We who trust in Jesus alone. We who confess and therefore live by receiving forgiveness and by being cleansed by Christ. That's 1 John 1, 9, right? His promise is that he will will cleanse us. He will forgive. Not not, you'll improve. That's a change to step back from judging, to enter into acceptance based on do you listen to the message of the gospel? Do you receive the gift? It is offered to you and to me. And and if you hear it, then you live. And, And almost every other group you're in, including some churches, are based on measuring how you're doing or who you are. Come on, be part of the cool group. Dress like a goth. I'm not sure what a goth is anymore. But, you know, come be a part of the group that does great things for God. Be a part of the doctor's group if you're a doctor, the recovering addict's group if you're an addict, this group or that group, based on your association, based on your experiences. And, and if you receive, it's so amazing why, why this church exists. We are a group who have received the gift of Christ. Stop. We're so different in so many ways. That's what we are. And if you hear this today, you either agree with that or you don't. And John says, this is the real test. Whoever knows God listens. This is the work of the Spirit to open your eyes to the utter bankruptcy of your soul. And yet Jesus' incredible love for you and me. And and to take him in, to receive the gift, the what? The gift of grace. 
If you are not from God, you don't listen, John says. It's, it's very circular, but that's what it is. John says, I'm the messenger. It's me. I'm telling you. You move away. You go get your ears tickled by self-improvement and individual justice and identity politics and personal holiness and progressive sanctification, all the other schemes which leave you in the middle. Under the law for your functional righteousness. That's not us. We're not there. And that makes this itself how we belong. That we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. We listen to the gospel. Not whether you sin, you do. Not whether you have money or not. Not whether you're skilled or not. Not whether you're particularly strong or weak or successful or failing or brown or white or yellow or red or male or female or Democrat or Republican or have kids or don't have kids or you're married. All these things that differentiate us. We lay them down. The gift is that amazing. The gift of the gospel. You hear Christ for you. Merit free. Do you? Then you belong. You have to know that this ground of community means the expectations in light of the world are pretty low. You can't say this is our connection and then expect people to be strong, successful, right-minded, and uniform. You can't expect sinless. What I expect is the Spirit. Because I believe that if you confess Christ and this is where you stand and you say, this is my confidence in the gift of what Jesus has done for me, that you get the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit testifies to your heart to say, this is the truth. This is from Galatians and I put it in your bulletin. Because you are sons and just say sons and daughters, it means us all. God has sent the Spirit of His Son into our hearts What does the Spirit do? This Holy Spirit crying, Abba, Father, Dad. So you're no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then an heir through God. So this is the encouragement this morning. I hope you hear from this text that's often used to try and get you into what false prophets are. I think it's meant to drive you into encouragement that you have the Holy Spirit. I want to bust a hole in your system if you have one. That's more than Jesus Christ alone. Because we have confidence today because of the Holy Spirit. He's a gift. We overcome today because of the Holy Spirit. He testifies that Jesus Christ has overcome for you. We belong because of the Spirit, the Spirit of truth. None of this is inside you except in as much as the Holy Spirit is inside you. It's not from you. It's all Him. Paul said a similar thing. He said, does he who supplies the Spirit to you and works miracles among you do so by works of the law or by hearing with faith? By hearing with faith, that's what he wants you to answer. And so today, stop being afraid. The fight of your life is to see this. We're a rare breed, us little ones, trusting in what Jesus has promised, and that's all. Everyone, even some so-called Christians, want us to return back to the scheme of judging each other on merit. Don't do it. Stand on Christ alone. 
especially the religious concepts, you know, growing in Christ's likeness and, 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 and this proving one's salvation and proving one's election and proving one's rebirth or proving one's conversion is really, really true. And then they turn this mirror around and they say, here, prove it to me. Go ahead. Take the baseball bat. Break the mirror. It's not about you. It's about Christ. And the Spirit testifies to us that we're His. And therefore, the change, the transformation of our life is that we don't say, oh, I will work my way to God like a slave. But I will say, Daddy, like a son, like a daughter. The big idea today has been if you trust Jesus Christ has come in the flesh, this is by the Holy Spirit. Hold fast. The battle is won. He will accomplish what he has promised. We are Lazarus.